Well, I don't think it's too provocative of a statement to say that in our culture right now that we have been desensitized to the brutal realities of war. Right? Would you agree with me that as we, we consider our cultural glorification of battles and of war, dating back really to when there were, ever were battles and war, this has gone on, and then even in more recent history through government-initiated wartime propaganda, such as we saw in, in World War I and probably even before that, all of that has led to this desensitization, that coupled with uh, the major movies that we watch and many of us love and the books that we read and the video games that we play, all of these things are factors in our desensitization to the brutal realities of war and what happens in a true theater of war, which leads us really to the question that I want to ask you tonight. If we agree that we have been desensitized to the brutal realities of physical war, have we been desensitized to the brutal realities of the spiritual war that's waging inside each and every one of us? Do you realize that you are fighting a battle? Do you realize that sin and righteousness are waging war within you right now if you follow Jesus? Have you been desensitized to the brutal realities of this war? Or maybe have you stopped fighting? Or maybe you're here this evening and you're saying, no, I am fighting. I'm fighting every day against the sin within myself so that I can glorify Christ with my whole life. Well, this is the main thrust of our passage this evening, and you can turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 7, starting in verse, we're going to be looking at 21 through 25, and well, uh, we're going to be learning from the Apostle Paul on the reality of this spiritual war that's waging within us, and while you're turning there, whether on your smartphone or tablet or on your physical Bible, I want to give you a little bit of context as to what's going on and what we're about to read. So Paul, this is the apostle who is very dramatically called by God and chosen to minister to both the Jews and the Gentiles, and he's writing right now to the church that is in Rome. He has yet to get there to visit them, but he longs to be with them, and he's and what you need to know about the church in Rome is that it was actually this pretty good mix between Jews, so these are those who had already been following the one true God, Yahweh, and have now accepted Jesus as the Messiah who was promised to come and have in turn received the Holy Spirit, and Gentiles, so a mix between Jews and Gentiles. These are those who were maybe following pagan gods or, or subscribed to some other Greek philosophy. And these two groups of people are now trying to figure out how to have unity together as followers of Christ and beginning one church despite their very diverse backgrounds. And so Paul is exhorting them to unity, pointing them to the common hope and grace that is found in new life in Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul has been showing them coming into our passage in Romans chapter 7. See, as John preached to us at Easter time from Romans chapter 6, Paul is exhorting, he's reminding, he's teaching this group of people, and then by extension, us, 
that we no longer need to be held captive by sin, no longer need to be slaves to the sinful tendencies that we have within us because our sinful self was buried with Christ, which is what we represent through our baptism. And it's on the heels of this truth that we read Paul's frustrated call out to the battle that he is currently fighting against sin. And he's writing about this because he knows that those who are in Rome and then subsequently us here 2,000 years later are fighting that very same battle within ourselves. And so let's get to the text. So the section that I'm going to be reading starts actually in verse 15, and so I'll start reading in verse 15, um, but the, the focus of our time is going to be on verses 21 through 25. So I'll invite, if you're able, to stand with me for the public reading of God's Word. And so we're going to read from Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 15, hear the Word of the Lord. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Did you follow that? Let's keep going in verse 21. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am! Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then... I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh... I serve the law of sin. This is the word of the Lord. You may have a seat. Brothers and sisters, there is a battle. There is a battle waging war within each and every one of us who follow Christ. And this is the bitter reality of living in what we call the already and the not yet kingdom of God. And what I mean by this little phrase is it encapsulates this idea that from the time of Jesus' resurrection to when he comes again in future glory, we do not yet have the fullness of our salvation. We have some of the benefits, but not yet all of them. The rest we will receive in glorious eternity. In fact, elsewhere in Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14, Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit that we have within us is actually the down payment or the guarantee of our future glorification. We get a taste of glory now, but not yet the whole experience. And in this time, this in-between time, Paul is telling us that there is this tension. There is this war that's waging. And I mentioned before that our passage is on the heels of Romans chapter 6, where Paul is reminding the church in Rome that they have this new life. And what this is showing us is that this tension that's being described, that's being lamented here in our passage, is actually describing believers. 
It's describing those who are of the faith, those who have submitted their lives to following Jesus because this is indeed the only way we can actually even feel this tension. See, before the Holy Spirit renews our hearts, before we die to our old self, we are still held captive by sin. We are still slaves to that sin that's within us. I liken this to a city. If you could imagine a city within a kingdom of darkness. See, where the king of this world holds dominion. He holds captive all of those who live within his borders. But when the Holy Spirit renews our hearts, we become these cities that are devoted no longer to the kingdom of darkness, but to the kingdom of light. So imagine, if you will, within this kingdom of darkness, all these beacon cities lighting up, sending up these rays of light, little oases of scattered lights throughout a sea of darkness. And these cities are transformed. They are no longer held captive to the city of darkness, but are rather now emissaries, ambassadors for the kingdom of light. And hear me, this state of the city, the state of our hearts, whether they are held captive to sin and darkness, whether they are renewed by the Holy Spirit, is not determined by how much work we do, There's nothing we can personally do to get there, but it's all by the renewing work of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to ask you tonight, have you, by the renewing work of the Holy Spirit, submitted your life to following Jesus? Because this is by far the most important question you could ask yourself. Have you submitted your life to following Jesus? And if you have, then maybe, and I'm sure, I'm confident, you can relate with the Apostle Paul as he describes this frustration with sin. As he lamented the battle that he sees and he feels waging war on the perimeter of his city like an army that's laying siege. I was going to try and paint you a word picture of, uh, of this great army laying siege against a great city, but then I realized that somebody far more talented than myself has probably already painted an actual picture, and as the adage goes, a picture says a thousand words. So if we could see that picture that we we have up here, this is a painting called The Siege and Destruction of Jerusalem by uh, by painter uh, David Roberts. And as the title suggests, it's depicting the siege and destruction of Jerusalem, specifically in 70 AD by the Roman commander Titus. What we see here is a city that is somewhat carrying on. We can see the temple where the smoke is still rising from the, the sacrifices they're making. And all the while, the enemy is waging war on the gates and on the walls, trying to lay siege, trying to breach the walls and take the city. This, brothers and sisters, is the reality of this in-between time for Christians. See, in our inner being has been renewed, and we're now these beacon cities of light, no longer held captive by the sin within us, but until Christ returns in glory, we are taken and we're taken to dwell with him in the new heavens and the new earth, we will not see the full eradication of our sin. And so it fights back. 
It wages war. It lays siege on the walls of our hearts and within us, trying to breach. Now, this may seem heavy to you. If you're in a season of hard fighting, because it does come in waves, it comes in seasons, maybe you feel like the city of Jerusalem in our painting, like the enemy is waging war against you and your walls are going to crumble. But here's the hope I want to give to you this evening and the hope that we find through our passage is that Jesus has already won the war. We have only to fight the battles in his strength. Jesus has already won the war. We have only to fight the battles in his strength. And this is the hope that Paul leaves us with in Romans chapter 7. And so to see this, let's dig into our passage. I'll read again verse 21. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Do you feel this, Christian? Do you feel this, brothers and sisters? See, Paul is here laying out the reality of what he sees happening within himself. Pardon me. He tries to do right, but evil or sin lies close at hand. And what we can take away from this is that there is indeed a spiritual war waging within us. I think we're quick to recognize it out in the world. We say, oh yeah, there's a spiritual war that's waging out there. I can see it. There's bad things happening all the time. But we're not as quick to recognize the, sin, the spiritual war within ourselves. And that's what Paul is showing us here. And notice, notice that Paul doesn't want attribute, once attribute the blame to Satan. Notice that nowhere in this whole passage does Paul say that the devil is making him sin. So often I think that we give Satan way too much credit. See, the reality is the evil that Paul is talking about here is not Satan, it's not demons, but it's our own sinful tendencies. This is because when Adam ate the fruit in the garden and man fell into sin, he passed that sin on to each and every one of us through our birth into this world. And it's this sin within us that puts us at odds with a holy God. We were meant to dwell with, in unity with our Creator, but that sin that was passed on to us from Adam places us opposed to Him. And this is why Jesus had to come and take the punishment for that sin and give us the Holy Spirit to renew our hearts, making us these beacons of light in a dark world. But that sin, having been overthrown, but not yet completely banished, fights back. See, if we consider the illustration of us being these beacon cities of light, we can become very aware of the evil that is surrounding us. We realize that the darkness, the sin that was overthrown in our hearts and was kicked out of the city didn't travel very far from the city gates. They, it set up camp right outside and is now trying to lay siege to the walls of our hearts, whenever we want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Verses 22 to 23. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. 
So here Paul gets to that actual battle. But even still, we see the hope. See, right off the bat, Paul, he, he beautifully reminds us of who we really are. In verse 22, he says, I delight in the law of God. Where? In my inner being. See, this is because as these cities of light, as those who have been renewed, our inner being, we delight in the, in, in the law of God. In our heart of hearts, we delight in the law of God. We delight in who he is. We delight in his ways. That, brothers and sisters, is our identity. And so if you're fighting hard, if you're in the midst of fighting hard against sin in your life, I want you to hear something this evening. If you're a follower of Christ, you are not defined by the sum of your sinfulness. You are no longer defined by the sin that is within you. Your identity is found in Jesus Christ alone. And he he has renewed your heart and made you clean. The city has been won. The light is shining forth. But here's the thing. That sin that was dethroned in your life. We see here in verse 23 that it will not go down without a fight. Sin wants its throne back. It was kicked off of the throne, and it wants it back. But when Jesus went to the cross, he waged war against sin and against death, and he won. He won. Jesus has already won the war. Brothers and sisters, we have only to fight the battles in his strength. But the reality that we see here is that there are indeed battles to fight. But I want, what I want you to take heart with tonight, if you are in the midst of these battles, if you are feeling the, the sin fighting against you and you know that it's sin fighting against you, take heart. This is not a sign of something that is wrong with you, but it is a reminder to us that we are indeed new beings, born again in Christ, because if you can feel that sin fighting against you, this is a sign of your new life in Christ. So take heart if you're fighting. If sin is laying siege in your life, that is a sign that you are His. Evil doesn't fight against evil. It fights against good. It's a sign that you've been made new, that you are indeed a beacon city of light in a dark world. But I think all of us can agree that that fighting is real, and it needs to be taken seriously. In verse 24, Paul laments, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. Brothers and sisters, do you take your sin seriously? Do you do battle against it in the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you hate your sin and hate it even more than you hate the sin that you see in others? Or have you been desensitized to the brutal realities of the spiritual war that's being waged within you? If you've been idle in this fight, 
I want to confess to you tonight, there's been times when I have been idle in this fight. And stand with me and, and take up arms and let's go to war. Let's go to war against the sin that is within us. Now maybe you're wondering here, how do I do that? A little further down in his letter, in chapter 8, verses 12 to 17, Paul shows us how to effectively fight the battles in the strength of Christ. In Romans 8, verses 12 to 17, it says, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. And so we see that there is, that we need to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit spirit within us. If we want to defeat these onslaughts of sin laying siege in our lives, it is only by the strength of Christ that we can fight. Indeed, through the cross, Jesus won the war. We have only to fight the battles in his strength. And we do that, brothers and sisters, by prayer. God works powerfully through prayer, and we do it through his word, If you're fighting, you need to commune with His Spirit for your strength and allow God to remind you who you really are in Christ. What your real and true identity is. Don't let the sin fester in the dark. Bring it into the light. Confess it to God. Confess it to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Allow the Spirit to heal the wounds that were made by the sin. Always remember, always remember that you are Christ's. You are a son. You are a daughter of the King. As it says here in Romans 8, allow the Spirit to bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Just sit in that for a second. You are a child of God. Don't let the sin gain ground. Bring it to the cross. Jesus has already won the war. Jesus has already won the war. Let's read the first part of verse 25 here. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So who will save us from this body of death? Who will free us from this battle? Only Jesus Christ. Only Jesus. See, Paul is reminding us that this battle that we're fighting right now is not going to last forever. 
See, he's reminding us that when Jesus returns, he will eradicate sin within us and he will, we will dwell forever in perfect unity and perfect glory with him. What this does is it gives us hope in the darkest of times. The theologian and pastor John Calvin, in his commentary on this passage, he reminds us that there is always reason for joy with Jesus. There is always reason for joy because of Jesus. Even when the fighting is intense and it seems as if the walls are going to crumble, we can look to Jesus and remember that he has already won the war. All we need to do is fight the battles in his strength. And we do that, brothers and sisters, as Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, by looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated, where? At the right hand of the throne of God. Brothers and sisters, Jesus has already won the war. We have only to fight the battles in his strength. The rest of verse 25 here sums everything up. It says, so then... I, who myself, my true self, serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. See, in this world, we Christians are like these cities of light, shining out into the darkness, but the sin that was dethroned it doesn't sit idle. It fights back. It lays siege against the city. But we must remember who we really are and who we really serve. Jesus Christ. And because we serve him, he has not left us to fight alone. But rather, we can fight in the strength of his Holy Spirit. See, in this painting, it depicts the siege and destruction of Jerusalem. So ultimately, the Roman forces overcome the city, they destroy the temple, they squash the rebellion that they were waging at the time. But we have hope. See, with Christ, we can find hope in the fact that even though there is a fierce battle waging within, even though it feels sometimes like the walls are about to give, all we need to do is fight the battle in his strength because Jesus has already won the war. And through this hope, through this reality that we see in our passage, we have three rays of hope through the fighting that I want, I want to sum up here for you. First, we can take heart in the fighting because it's a sign of our new life. See, if you're engaged in battle with sin in your life, that's a good sign that you are new in Christ. It is only by the work of the Spirit that we can even know that we're living contrary to the will of God. And so take heart in the fact that you are His. And He will never leave you nor forsake you. At the beginning I urged you to ask yourself if you've submitted your life to Christ, if you've been renewed by the Holy Spirit, if you are one of these beacon cities of light, have you submitted your life to Christ? And if you haven't, 
I want to give you the invitation to do that tonight. When we're done here, I'll, I'll be down here at the front. You can come and talk, and I'd be happy to pray with you. Or if, if you're not comfortable talking to me, talk to one of our other pastors who are here, or even just somebody you know and love who is a believer, and we would be happy to introduce you to Jesus, the conqueror, the one who has already won the war. Or maybe you're here, and you've been idle in the fighting. Maybe years and years ago, you gave your life to Christ, but if you're honest, you've been letting sin build up and fester within you. Let me urge you tonight, pick up the fight. Pick up your arms and hit your knees because it's through his strength. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and renew that fight within you to fight back against the sin that is waging war within you. You need the Holy Spirit for that because that's the second takeaway. You can take heart in the fighting because you need not fight alone. We just sang that at the end of service this morning. The God of angel armies is always on your side. He goes before us. In fact, it is only by the help of the Holy Spirit that you can resist the attacks of sin. Look to the Spirit within you and know that He will fight in your stead. Take some time this week. I encourage you to read through prayerfully, read through Romans chapter 8. It's all about how we're alive in the Spirit and how we can walk through the Spirit. And as you read through Be praying that the Holy Spirit will be revealing to you what it is that you need to hear from him and be encouraged by the fact that you do not need to do this by yourself. Because not only, not only do we have the Holy Spirit and that is enough to just have the Holy Spirit, but this is also the point of the church. You have your brothers and your sisters in Christ to walk with you And to encourage one another in Christ. This is the point of the church. This is why we come together in membership. And can I I just offer, if you're a part of this community here at Temple, and you're not already part of a small group, let let me urge you, let me encourage you to join one. Talk to Pastor Jason. He'd be happy to hook you up with a group who fits with your schedule, fits with um, where you live, because to be able to come together with like-minded believers and to pray together and to study God's Word together and to walk together, I really can't say enough about it. It's how one of the ways that the Holy Spirit has taught us To come to know him better is by coming together ourselves. And finally, I want to leave you with this. Take heart in the fighting because it's not going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. See, when Jesus returns in glory, he will eradicate the kingdom of darkness and overthrow the forces of evil that are waging war against us. Look to Jesus for your hope because why? He has already over he has already won the war. I want to invite Jay and the band come on back up here. And we're going to close out our service 
this evening with a song. And I want to introduce you to a new song. For some of you may know it, but for many of you it might be a new song. The song is called All We Sinners by David Crowder. And I want to sing it tonight as our concluding prayer. Because this song, the words of this song, if we can sing it together, beautifully illustrate the hope that we sinners have in our beautiful Savior, in our risen Savior, and how He saves us from the muck and the mire of our sin, and how He waged war on sin, and He won. And in the midst of our battles with sin, we can find our hope in the fact that we are saved from the grave. So let the words of this song be our concluding prayer this evening. Remembering the work that Jesus has already done.